It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I'm Brother L. D. Azobra, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. the east this week we are matter of fact all the way out into the east almost into the waters right so we got we uh, this segment here we do have a living legend sitting before us but we also have a what we call did you know segment this is going to be our did you know segment with a living legend welcome to count time miss valerie shakespeare thank you so, so we here to discuss a place that very, very few heard about, know about. I know I had ne- never heard about it. I think, first of all, let me thank Dr. Jackson, Dr. George Jackson, who uh, made this introduction. And we, I appreciate you for allowing me to come down here. But right now, we're in the Lower Ninth Ward of New Orleans. But we want to come down here and talk, give us some history of a place that very, very few probably know about, a place called Fasanville. Correct. Louisiana? Yes. So tell us, what, what is or what was it? That a French or German name? French. Now, what was for, for Sandville? What was that? How did that come about? Well, it's a place where I grew up. I was born and raised there in St. Bernard Parish. Well, you look like you're young, so how are you? you only about 45, 35, 40. Good, good 45. <laughs> we want to flip it to 57 and turn it around. <laughs> You're going to keep flipping it, huh? Yeah, I'm going to flip it from okay. uh, 57 and you can flip it back over and you'll get my age. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. So you was born in Fresenville? Yes, yes. Now, where, where was it? Where's it located? Where's Fresenville located? It's located in Chalmette, down in St. Bernard Parish. It's right between the National Monument and the National Cemetery. What National Monument and what National Cemetery? The National Monument was the battlefield where they fought the Battle of New Orleans. The Battle of New Orleans? (laughs) And the National Cemetery was behind Fazanville where they buried the soldiers. All the veterans. It's a veteran cemetery in which I have some relatives, ancestors buried there too. That fought in the that fought in the war. That mm-hmm. fought in the Battle of New Orleans. Yes. And what year was that? Now you gotta excuse me because I can't remember all this now. 1840, yeah. 18, 18, 14, 14, 14 and 15. And 15. Yeah, okay, somewhere yeah. back there. Now who now who fought in the Battle of New Orleans? The bit the British, the British and the French? The British and the French. Well, well, I guess Britain won it. <laughs> no, they did not the, the win. The French won? Yes. And that's part of your uh, heritage, the, the French? Yes. So, so now, where do the name Fresanville comes from? The, the, the name came from France because uh, it was uh, a name of colonial administrators that came into New Orleans in the eight, early 1800s. And that battle was a battle of you call it the Battle of New Orleans, the Battle of 1812, but that particular battle was 1814 and 1815 because it was in December and January. So, 
Okay. That's so we, the one that we got Dr. Joyce, Dr. Joyce Jackson here, the chair of LSU Department of uh, Geography and Anthropology, who did who have been working on this pro this story for 20 years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 15, <laughs> 15, 20 years. Look, keep going there. So she got all the research. She, she interviewed your mother years ago, right? Pardon? She did Dr. Jackson to be your mother years ago? Back yes, then? yes. So this had been quite some time. So she have all the history about uh, Cassandra. Yeah. You, you want to clarify that uh, the Battle of New Orleans yeah. was mm -hmm. not the French and British. It was the British and the United States. Right. And it was fighting over what? To New Orleans. To, to, to control. Control New Orleans at the time. Yeah, to control mm -hmm. that whole area. So Fasanville is located between uh, various sites of the of military and, and, the a, and, and your ancestors and the battlefield. Correct. Now, where was the the land? Where was the land? This is this in this around water then. It's a lake or what is it? No, it was the river. It was the river. What river? The Mississippi River. Oh, oh, connected to the Mississippi River. Yes. Oh, all right then. Okay. Yeah, this little land right in between, you know, in between, like I said, in between uh, the battlefield and the cemetery. So uh, how did your ancestors acquire the property? That was after the Battle of New Orleans something. My, my father's mother and father acquired the property. Can you give me their names? Frederick Lindsay. And Isabella Cook was my father's mother and dad, and they acquired it. They was the first to right to move on that move. On. Now, where did they come from? I don't know exactly where they all came from. Okay, yeah. It's like everybody migrated there, in a sense, you know. Probably that, that was right, right after the Civil War. Right after mm -hmm. the Civil War, so right after emancipation. Yeah. So they probably left the plantations then, so to yeah. come to come out there. So they moved, they moved, they acquired the land. So your, your mother, your grandparents were the first ones to move there? Yes. But you didn't know them. That was way before your time. No, I didn't get a chance to meet them. The only one met them was my two oldest brothers. You had two brothers who met your grand, yeah. your grand or great-grandparents? My grandparents. Yeah. My dad is, oh, mom and dad, that would have been my grandmother and grandfather. Now, what was your uh, dad's name? My dad's name was Val Lindsay. Oh, that's where you get your first name from. <laughs> right, I was the first girl. Oh, all right. So what? Uh, what's your mother's name? Elizabeth. Now, how, now, how big of a family did you come from? Um, I came from a family of six. Six. Mm -hmm. uh, As a matter of fact, like I was telling you about my second oldest brother and my oldest brother's deceased, Val Jr., they met their grandmother and grandfather. But it was real young. Yeah, about nine. Oh, nine? Yeah, well, they nine. remember them. Oh, yeah, they remember. Oh. My brother, one of my brothers still living, you see. Oh, okay. Then. He lives okay. in Metairie. Mm. So, now, so your grandparent was the first one to go out to this land that was a battlefield oh. that was abandoned at the time, I would guess. I would say it just was some land there, whoever purchased it, you know, and they bought the land from them. So they brought it from the people, they bought the land from Fasan. Right. And that's why they named it Fasanville. Uh -huh. 
Okay, now so when they moved, when they started migrating there, and it became how big of a, how many families lived there? It was a small community. I can see all the people that were there, you know, in the houses. I would say maybe about, I want to say about maybe 50 or 60 families. 50 or 60 families? Family. Yeah, I want to oh, okay. say about that. And what, you know. what y'all was a self-contained community? In, in a sense, we were <laughs> so, a self-contained community. I mean, I mean y'all had to... I mean, did y'all farm or y'all had grocery stores? Or what was it? We had grocery stores. Um, in my days coming up, we had a little sweet shop. We had a grocery store. We had bars. Had bars? <laughs> yeah. We called jit joints then, huh? <laughs> 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 it wasn't called bars then, huh? There was bars. There okay. wasn't nightclubs. <laughs> okay, then. So, so y'all had a, a lot going on in Versailles. Yeah, in our own little land, we had our... Everything was uh, convenient for us. You know, one guy, he would take and go farming. He would farm, and he would sell to us, you know, like what the vegetables of? and watermelons and, you know, different things like that. So did y'all go to school in the same community? What kind of schoolhouse was it? Well, my brother then went to school there in the community. They had formed the school Marion Kasia did, which is related to me. Okay. And what was the name of the school? I don't remember a name for the school, to tell you the truth. Oh, okay. I, I know she, you know, she was the principal and the teacher. The principal and the teacher, she did it all. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. But um, I, when I came up, the only school was there for me to attend was Violet, Violet Consolidated. Hold on, the, the name of the school is Violet Consolidated? Yes, that was the name of the school, <laughs> Violet Consolidated. And it wasn't in Fazanville, it was in Violet, Louisiana. Oh, okay, okay. And my mother's brother used to drive the school bus and pick everybody up in the land and take them to school in the morning and drop them off in the evening. Back home in Fazanville. We had a little school bus come pick us up, a yellow bus, huh? But how long was, how, but how far was Violet from where you all live? Quite a little distance. So it was a long ride? Yeah, a good little ride. So, but for, for Sandville, it was an all-African community. Correct. Correct. Definitely. So y'all, everything that you all did and had, y'all had, y'all did it with, y'all did it with each other. Right, right. Like I said, it was, it was a community where everybody was related. Now, nobody married each other now. So you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't marry? No, no. Mm -mm. But most everyone was related there. Some kind of cousin. Now, so when you came up as a, as a little girl, so you had to go to school on the outside of the... Correct. Now, was that school all of the same people or was different nationalities? No, it was all the same people. Once again, so you went you went way to Violet just to go to go back to all school of all people of African descent. Correct. Correct. And I stayed at Violet for a while up until I was in what, ninth grade. And then I traveled from Chalmette to Carver in the uh, ninth ward. Carver High School. Carver Senior High, okay. George Washington. Oh, okay, then. okay. Yeah, that's where I finished from. So you was able to, you know, had to give your option to come back to New Orleans to go to high school? No, that was my choice. I wanted to go there. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to graduate from Valley Consolidated. And why not? 
and my brother did. <laughs> it wasn't me. Tiny, I'm sorry. So it, no. it, it was a real small school, or was it? Uh, Valley Consolidated was uh, elementary, junior high, and senior high school, all in one. So how many people attended there? You, can you remember? Oh, it God. Was a couple of hundred or more? More, because it, you had all St. Penelope Parish, you know. Oh, all right. So, communities. What that does. so for, for Sandville, is in St. Bernard Parish. Correct. It's, it's not in New Orleans Parish. No, it's not. So you're in a whole separate parish. But you was able to come to Orleans Parish to go to high school. That's correct. I used to catch the bus from Chalmette and stop at the little bus station where we catch the sugar refinery bus. <laughs> so you arrived with the sugar workers? <laughs> St. <laughs> Claude Refinery, yes. Back then, it was like seven cents, you know, but. Seven cents. Mm -hmm. so, so you had to, y'all rode the bus with the, the, the workers? No. Oh, well, they had everybody riding the bus from St. Bernard Parish, you know. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking, I forgot. New Orleans is different. Y'all don't really, they really don't have school buses in New Orleans Parish like that. They, they, was, they ride the regular. Back then, I rode the regular bus. Regular yeah. buses, right. Mm -hmm. And they still do that in Orleans Parish, right? The children get on the regular bus, streetcars or whatever. Yeah, it depends on where they're going. Right, yeah. right. So for school, so it's, it's different. And that's, that's one unique thing about Orleans school system, district, how they get on the regular transit system to, right. to go to school. Not like where I grew up, we all went to school bus mm -hmm. every morning. Now, coming up in for Sandsville, they, you say you come from a family of six? Correct. Now, g give me the, your brothers and sisters' name and where you fall in. Like okay. The oldest one's name was Val Jr. He's deceased? He's deceased. John oh, Frederick Lindsay, he was the second. Then I have Alfred Lindsay, he was the third. Myself. Well, you did, here come you, huh? That's right. Here, <laughs> here come Val again. <laughs> here come the trouble. Here come trouble. That's right. This was trouble. And then my sister, Connie Lindsay, and then my deceased brother, uh, Ronald Lindsay, the young, the baby. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's kind of how y'all grew up. Now, you, you, have a, uh, you have children? Yes, I have two daughters. Oh, okay. Well, what are they na their names? The oldest one name is Latina. The youngest one name is Latoya. Well, you like them Latina, the L's, that's that French la, la. <laughs> now, where Latina comes from? I'm just curious. I don't know. I tell you, I didn't really name her. Someone in the hospital named her because uh, I thought, sure, I was going to have a boy. <laughs> and I just didn't have a girl name. I'm being flat out honest. She asks me right. that all the time. <laughs> Mom, why did you name me? I didn't name you. Somebody in the bed next to me named you. So, so you was hoping for a boy. Yeah, I was. So the lady in the bed, she said, I said, I can't even think of a name. The lady came and she said, you fill out the paper for the name? No, got to get a name. So the lady in the bed next to me, she gave her a name. That's so Everybody been happy ever since, huh? Nobody well, do any better. They got to live with it now. <laughs> now. But you never had that boy. No. So that was a little disappointing for you? Yeah. Very disappointing. But why, why boy? Why any particular reason? That's what I wanted, so boys. You, you, grew up, you grew up with your brothers and yeah. you enjoyed that? Oh, sure. Uh, one thing, we fight with my brothers. 
they get the beating, you know. Because they ain't gonna really hit you back. You oh, they hit us, and uh, <laughs> they hit us, and my mama take and wear them out. Oh, all right, yeah. And they knew better. We kept them in trouble. You, know, you did that intentionally. I see uh-huh. that wrong. See, you hear that, I fellas? They did that intentionally. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, that's Especially one of them next to. Oh, you had to show him something? Oh, yeah. You, you let him know that you were running things out here. But. <laughs> now, for Sandville, that community have gone, it, it does not even exist anymore, right? No, it don't exist. The sad day about that community was in 1964 when, we, when the government brought us out. And we had to leave. It was it was like uh, a funeral you attended, you know. It really was very sad because everybody was so close knit, and we knew once we all move out and separate, we would never see each other half of them again. Don't know where everybody moved to or nothing, you know. Lost lose contact, you know, with people. And all the elder people, elders had to move, and the elders had to yeah. move, and that took a total on some of them. You know. So now, why did y'all have to move? Because the government bought the land, and they wanted to take this land and open it up between the National Monument and National Cemetery. They just wanted all of it to be next to each other. So move us black folks out there. Move us out, you know. Get us, get rid of us, and you can take this land and just open it up, and it's just a battlefield. and. So y'all, National y'all Cemetery occup- together. And, and your, your family and others had occupied this land for almost 100 years? Yeah. Right at 100 years? About and that. And the, did, did y'all flood a lot in that area? Something? No, we didn't flood a lot. Oh, I can remember one time we had one storm. I can't remember what that was. And that storm it came was hated from Mississippi. I know. Don't remember us flooding out, you know. So the government just decided they wanted the land, and y- y'all didn't have y'all had a choice. They didn't have to sell, or was it in- intimate domain? Intimate domain. We had to sell. The pressure was on, and who pushed that was Lynch, who was the park service. Lynch. He definitely he 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 didn't like he didn't like uh being. That it was a black land, you know. Oh, that it was being occupied by. Right. Now, so you assume that, or you, or you, you, you know that. No, I know that. No, no. I'm not assuming it. So this, and this guy made a conscious effort. Oh yeah. To, he to, went to Washington, and he did that. So, mm-hmm. so one man, you say, made this happen. Yeah, the Fox Service. Yes, he did definitely. Did they give people a fair bargain for their land? No, they stole your land. They were stealing it. They wasn't giving people nothing for their land. I happened to be the last one to leave the land because my father, he was stubborn. I guess that's where I get my stubbornness from, but he was determined he wasn't going to let them take his land. And as a matter of fact, we had just built the house down there. My daddy acquired a piece of land and he built the house because coming up we had these little two and three bedroom, you know, a kitchen, a living room, and maybe one or two bedrooms, you know, coming up back in the day. Right, right. 
Antimony no, no, was had much back then. Right. And the little outhouses back there, you know. He had built this house in, it was around 63. He had built this house. Matter of fact, I got pictures of it. And he said no. He won his house and he won what he asked for. And he got it. And we was the last one to leave the land. And then he moved his house up here on Renee Street next door to me. Five o'clock in the morning, here come the trailer with the house. So he moved, he had just built that house. He took his house with him. Exactly, right? because they was just gonna knock it down, tear it down, like they did everybody else's house. And he had just built it. So they wasn't giving him the amount that he actually, the house was actually worth. So he said, you know, he'll take his house and the money. They gave him the what he asked for, semi, you know, and they negotiate backwards and forward with it. But it was kind of a fair deal compared to what everybody else got. Well, how far were from Sandville from the next community? How far, had other communities right in that area? The next community would have been Tigertown, down in Chalmette. But how far was that away? Uh, not even a good mile. You know, we used to walk across the tracks, train tracks, and go to St. Bernard Highway and walk down to Tigertown to the little grocery store over there. Now, what, what was Tigertown? What kind of community was it? It was a little community, but it was mixed. It was uh -huh. black and white community. In Chalmette? In Chalmette, mm-hmm. Okay, then. So I, I'm not that, that familiar with Chalmette at all. I know about it. I know they do a lot of fishing. You used to do a lot of fishing in that area. Yeah, we used to go out on the river and fish. Y'all yeah. well, had, had the perfect fishing Oh, yes, out. definitely. So y'all ate a lot of fish covered up there? Yes, fish. Getting baptized right out there and walk down the land. <laughs> I got baptized in the Mississippi River. You brought you in the river to get baptized? I, I, people laugh and I tell them, I say, well, I went out in the river. I know I'm baptized. <laughs> I didn't go in the pool. So you didn't get, and I didn't get sprinkled. No. How you how you walk in the river? That was like a little real shat, a very shallow area of, of water. That because the river moves pretty fast. Yeah, well, it be still sometime too. <laughs> the water just still sometime, and we just walk down Fazanville up to the levee and down the levee into the water. It was two of us went out and got baptized in the Mississippi River. My brother, my third oldest brother, when I'm next to him and I, we were the only two went out in the Mississippi River and got baptized. You had to be a little bold and brave to do that. Didn't well, I was going to church, the church in the land, and I had to be baptized. You have to sit, go to church every Sunday. I don't care what you do. I was brought up in the church. What was the name of the church? Battleground. The name of the church was Battleground. That's correct, because we was on a battlefield, oh, like okay. I say. Okay, what, what, what was Battleground the Baptist Church. Who was your pastor at the time? At the time, my pastor was uh, Reverend Gant, William Gant, and my brother passed away. Gant? Yes. G-A-N-T? Yes, correct. That's my great-great-grandmother name. Really? Uh-huh. I need to find out about him. I need to, that's, I've been looking for that for a long time, Gant. Yeah, well, Reverend William Gant, he baptized me, and Reverend Joseph Walter baptized my brother. He was the pastor before uh, William Gant. Now, 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 why did you choose to go to the, into the Mississippi? Not that we choose to. 
we didn't have a pool in the church. That's the only place they could baptize us. So that when the water is that's got when the water is still when the river yeah. I know the river the river gets still when the river well, is still. Well, you know you're gonna have a little movement, but it's not really like a bunch of waves in it, you know. Okay. But you can walk out there and go under. So, so you got about that in the Mississippi River. That's correct. <laughs> you hear you live to talk about this thing. That's correct, because most everybody I know today get baptized in the pool. And, you know, in St. Pinoy Parish and Plaquemine Parish, they used to have a lot of baptisms, but they would be in the Mississippi River. Even when my mother is from Plaquemine Parish, they have baptism in the river out there. Now, for Sandville, was a, a guy of African descent, Creole, it's the same thing, which, which one, anybody knew him? The only one that sold the property was Creole. It was Creole, from, from French descendants. Now, let, let, give, give us some history of that community from, from you, from you, when you lived there. What did y'all do in the community? What was in the small community of 40, 50, 50 60 families? What did y'all do out there? Go to school, go to church. We'll play on Sundays. There's baseball games. Okay. And there's little sweet shops where we have parties, you know, for the kids. And growing up, I go to the bars, you know. But now, most what kind of work did most of the people do? The men and the women. Well, my mother, she was a homemaker. She never did work. My father, he was a longshoreman, and most of the people down there, longshoremen's, quite a few of them used to live in the village. So it was it was for Sandville. Ville is stand for village, huh? for Sandville. Mm -hmm. For Sand Village. That's, that's why we call it the village. Okay, then. Mm -hmm. So y'all call it village. But it was, was it like an island? Were y'all out there in the water? No. Just grassy fields, and we had some cows and horses behind us, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, now those some, kind of of, some of the people down here, oh. Like the miners, some of the miners, they had some horses, and this guy named Cologne, he had cows. My mom and them raised chickens. <laughs> so you grew up with chickens? Yeah, picking eggs <laughs> in the morning. So uh, I've heard that a chicken can lay more than one egg every day. Yes, yes, we, we did have fresh eggs. So I had fresh eggs and fresh milk too, and butter? Well. We didn't go out there and make, milk no cows, but <laughs> but we did go out there and pick up the eggs. Okay, then. Now, coming up in Frisanville with a, with a small community of people that you've been knowing all your life. Mm -hmm. Now, when did integration get started? Oh, yo, that happened, all this happened right before integration. It happened, no. Uh, integration happened after. Afterwards. Yeah. So if they were integrated, Y'all couldn't go nowhere but to for, for Sandville anyway, huh? Or to the school that y'all was going to. Exactly, and we still had to sit in the back of the bus, you know. Even riding the bus, you know, we had to sit in the back, going to school. You had to sit in the back of the bus? Mm-hmm. So, so at the time, the school you went to was? Uh, I went to Carver High School. And it was? And, and it was, there was another young lady from St. Bernard that took in uh attended Carver with me, and one of the Cajas, Donald Cajia, he went to Carver, Eloise Cajia's brother. It was the three of us. We used to catch the St. Bernard bus, and then we catch the St. Claude refinery, but we still had to sit in the back of the bus. 
at that time going to Culver. So, because that was in the 60s. It was in the 60s? Yeah. So, and you talking about you were, you were like 15, 16 at the time? No. I was about 17 or 18. And but you, you had no choice but to sit in the back of the school bus, going to school and coming back. No, on the public service Pu bus. Oh, the public service bus. Yeah, school bus. You can sit anywhere you want, as long as I was going to Violet. <laughs> now, now you saying that the uh, sugar refinery bus was a public service bus? Yeah, Saint Claude Refinery. That's what they called it, Saint Claude. But, but you had to sit in the back of the, the, the sugar, oh, sugar yeah. bus. Yeah, white folks sat in the front and we sat in the back, and they would politely ask you to, especially in Saint Bernard Parish, the bus out there. You definitely couldn't sit in the front unless you look like you was white. But they'll ask you to move to the back of the bus. You cannot sit there. Ask you nicely. You have to get up. Now, did you ever challenge the system? You ever challenged them? Or you just kind of, you know, didn't want no trouble? I tried it one time. You know me? <laughs> I tried it one time and I told them, I. Uh, I I wish I could. I, I mean, I can sit anywhere I want to, really. Who says only white folks can sit? I could be either one. My mother's father is white. My dad is black, so how can you determine what I am, how I can sit? But I still have to move. <laughs> like, uh, it's all like what, the, what Rudy, Ray, Rudy Ray Moore would say. Yeah, all that sound mighty fine. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. this time you got to get up and, you gotta move, get your, up and move, move your black behind. Huh? That's right. And get on to the back <laughs> of the bus. Yeah, I tried challenging one time out there in St. Bernard. I sure did. You got, you got sick and tired of, of, of that foolishness. That, that must have gotten to you after a while. Huh? It did. You know, because... Going to school in the city and living out there, you know, it's just opening my eyes up to something different, you know? Explain that to me. Well, in the city, you can sit where you want on the bus. In St. Bernard, you have to sit in the back. Oh, so you, if you was in New Orleans, you can sit where you want to sit. Right. Oh, okay. But I mean, down in St. Bernard. But we cross over one parish. Exactly. You had to sit in the, oh. sit in the back of the bus. So you had seen the light now. So. And there was a bus station down here in St. Bernard Parish where we take the bus to the city limit to catch the city bus. But the bus station had one side for colored and one side for white. It's like the fountains and all. You know, and you couldn't go on the white side. You had to stay on the black side. St. Bernard Parish was, was pretty rough there. Oh, yeah. But you grew up there. Yep. I grew up there. But how, how at, even at this day, at, at your, you're still a young lady, but even at, at, at this time of your life, when you just think about that, I mean, what's what the impact of that as a child and as a grown woman? What, what's the impact of that? You know, it affects me sometimes because I go out there now in St. Bernard Parish. You know, we have things, it's a little different but you could feel the air, the racist air, and I grew up there. So I can, you know, tell the difference. I can feel the difference, you know. It's really not what we want you to do, but they don't have any choice right now, you know. Things have changed over the years. Did that kind of treatment, that kind of experience, 
shape your thoughts, your mindset, or, you know, you know, when you want to fight against the system, because you've been a, a warrior for a long time and fighting for justice for your community, for your people and yourself. So th that's what sparked all that, where I refused to. Yes, it did spark it. I refused to accept that now. It's unacceptable with me. In a sense, it was a blessing in one way when we left Fazanville. In another way, it wasn't a blessing because, you know, like I said, it was a peaceful land. It's a small, close-knit community, you know, and you miss that. Would you? I stay in contact with a few that I grew up with, you know. Mm -hmm. We still in contact, but. But you know, and your children, you know, they would never have that type of experience. Then. No, my children never would. Mm. And you and people out there own their own land. Yeah. They were land owners. Land owners. And the government did enter in demand on us and took our land. Took our land from us. That I am very upset, still upset about that. I guess I'll always be upset about that. Yeah, because land is a sort of source of wealth. You don't take and force somebody. Well, that's almost like when they did without the native, our native ancestors of this land, when they just moved them off the land that they had for thousands of years. Just take your land and from Matter of fact, they wrote a, I think it was President Jackson wrote a law to the Indian Remover Act and removed these people and moved them to a whole other part of the country. Mm -hmm. And so that's basically what, you know, you was on your own. You could go anywhere you want to go, but you couldn't stay there, right? Right. Couldn't stay there. Didn't know where you was going. And the closest place to Fazanville was the Lower Ninth Ward, where we're, we're at now. This is where my father and them moved. Everybody moved to the Lower Ninth Ward. And this area is what flooded during Katrina. We flooded in Betsy after we, after the government took our land and we moved here. The next year, we was flooded out. Hurricane Bessie. Hurricane Bessie. Took an army duck to come get all of us out because half of the people drowning, lost everything again. So as soon as, the year after y'all, they put y'all off your land, mm -hmm. y'all moved to the night ward. Right. And Hurricane Bessie flooded y'all way before Katrina. Right. Flood us out. They opened the floodgates on us. Back there on Florida to save the city. So, who get washed out? We do again. So we're going through it again. Just move here. And it, like I said, it was a lot on the elderly people, you know. I was a freshman at Sutton when uh, Betsy came in. We Sutton, you went to Baton Rouge or New Orleans? Mm -hmm. New Orleans. New Orleans. Mm -hmm. so, what, what, what did you major in? Physical education. education. Okay. Mm -hmm. So after, now what year was Betsy? Betsy was in 65. So y'all had never really experienced uh, this kind of damage until y'all moved into the, the lower the lower The lower night ward, running from Chalmette Battlefield to the lower night ward, and then we get washed out. That was really a dilemma, another big dilemma. So that must have been frustrating. It was, it was. You just made a major move. Exactly. And we had nothing. Nothing. No beds, no nothing. It was horrible. So well, how did y'all, because the government didn't come to help then. 
No, you had to get, my father and me had to get an SBA loan. So now they're in debt for Now, yeah, we were in debt then. And my father said, now I'm going to pay him a dollar a month. No. <laughs> a dollar a month? Uh-huh. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he don't have no money to pay the SBA. <laughs> Got to rebuild a house again, put the house back, you know. And how, how much water did y'all get in this area? Oh, my God. The water was like, really, um, my mama took and uh, put my little niece on top of the refrigerator. Water was all in the house. It was, I mean, we all was walking in water, like almost up to our neck, and waiting for the army duck to come get us out. The army duck had to come get us. You couldn't swim in that water. Mm -mm. When you seen the water run close, I mean, uh, when hires the stop sign out there on Claiborne, and it's daylight now, ain't nighttime no more, and you're looking at that water, Jesus, all we were saying, oh, we're going to drown if somebody don't come get us. How long and, did it take before somebody came and got you? Well, we had to scream because Tennessee was the all-white community, the street behind me. Right, the street right behind you was all white community. Mm -hmm. And they was rescuing them white folks first, so we took and opened the back door and screamed, we're drowning, for to get an army duck over here to come get us. Because y'all watching them go and get the other people. Correct. Definitely. Saving them. This was something, something else to live through. You, you, that's a whole lot to live through. You watching them come and rescue your neighbors mm -hmm. because of it. They was of a different color. Correct. And you stood here. Who, nobody care if you live or die. Live or die. Right. You just wait your turn. Well, the community as big as it is now, we still had a lot of people living here. Yeah, we had a lot of people living here. Yeah, they didn't. All the lots was full. You know, with houses. So, did the, so most most people got out safe, safely? Yes. No. They picked us up, got us out, put us in the boat. All the large people get on one side of the boat and all the small people on the other side and hear the boat going one side and they're telling us flip over, you know, level it off. And they'll take us to St. Claude and the army duck put us right there at the bridge. St. Claude Bridge, and we had to walk over the bridge to the school, which was Nicholas, Nicholas High School. Well, that's where we ended up at, right there. How long y'all stayed, stayed there? I didn't stay there very long. I think one day was enough for me. Yeah, anybody who want to stay, I left. And, Went in the seven ward by my aunt. <laughs> I couldn't take it. Uh-uh. No, so, I couldn't take but it. It must have took quite some time to rebuild for for these people to move back in this area. Well, yeah, it was a while because a lot of people was getting sick. I got sick, you know. What, what, what type of sickness? I got rheumatic fever when I came back, moved back down here, and. The doctor, my mama's physician said I couldn't stay down there, you know, and I had to have beds to sleep on, you know, because we hadn't had nothing. So Dr. Hyman, he bought us some beds, you know, but it just wasn't healthy for me. 
to stay there until they get rid of all. That took that took many months. How long did this process take? About two months. We moved back. We had to clean it up and get the mud out the house. And how you, how you get the mud out the house? Wash it. Wash it out. I mean, the with inside, a hose. The inside. Inside, yes, sweet mud. I mean, it was just full of mud. It's like right. Katrina. Katrina was full of mud here too. Yeah, but I can't, I can't imagine how you clean it, wash the house out inside. You <laughs> take a hose and you get your broom and take and start spraying that water and sweeping it out. Well, these days you got to tear it down because you got mold. Yeah, but yeah, but back in Betsy, we ain't had much of a choice, you know. And we cut sheetrock out. My father and them cut the sheetrock out. You got to realize we didn't have no, no help, but SBA alone. So. And that was, that was the bare minimum. Wasn't even at home on his injuries. <laughs> well, that just, I guess it's, it had to be really a, a tough situation for the elders who just, you know, I know they had to be frustrated. You made, you took, you took my land and made me move. Exactly. And here we didn't move somewhere where we get washed out. And we probably wouldn't have got flooded out, but like I said, uh, they opened the floodgates back there in order to save the city, save the French quarters and everything. So that's what happened with Katrina too? <laughs> with Katrina, the boy broke the levee right over here by me. It wouldn't be surprised if the floodgates was open, but I, you know, when the boys hit that levee, I, I don't really believe that they took and blew up the levee. That loud sound was from that voyage coming across, breaking that levee, which the water just gushed on in. So you, you was here for Katrina? Yeah, same spot, same station. <laughs> you were here for Katrina? Yes, I was here for Katrina too. <laughs> and, what was that experience like then? That was stressful, real stressful. My mother's house was next door, and she wanted to go to her house, and my house had them floated away. Floated away? Uh-huh. My house floated across the street on top of my neighbor's house. No, hold on, no. So let, 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 let's, let's uh, regress a little bit. Now, at Katrina, you said you was, at, you was home when, the, when you heard the barge hit the levee. When the boys hit the levee, no, I wasn't here. I left the day oh, okay, off, then. Okay. you know, but I was living here. Oh, okay, then. Mm-hmm. Now, so we, when, you, when, when you came back, though, it was about a, few, about a month or two later? Katrina hit August 29th. I came, I made a trip here in uh, October to see because I couldn't believe it, I was in shock. My house was in the middle of the street once and then next it was on top of somebody's house. I, I flew in here. And they say, you can't get in here. I said, yes, I can. So I got a chance to get down here. I pulled those strings and had a little connection. I was able to come down here and see and check my brother in the house and everyone else. But you couldn't go into your house? Oh yeah, I walked in there. But the house floated, but you was able to still get into the house? Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I walked in there because I left my dogs here. I thought I was coming back, but 
They was there at my house, guarding my house. <laughs> but the dog survived. The yo, yes. Yes, I owe a lot to Humane Society in Maryland. Mm -hmm. in, in Maryland? Mm -hmm. That's where my dogs end up at. So how the dogs end up in Maryland? Uh, the rescues. They rescue my dogs. One was at my house, another one was walking the street. And then he let the uh, rescue where the other one is at by my house. They used to go in my house no matter where my house was. <laughs> I, they got treated. <laughs> they was treated better than anybody. <laughs> better than the federal government was treating us. What you mean by that? <laughs> uh, Humane Society, baby, took care of them animals. They was rescuing them. Mm -hmm. Although they was very good to me, too. I found my dogs online and... Uh, they paid for me to come up to Maryland. They bought me airline tickets and put me up in a hotel. Did the government pay for that? No, Humane Society. They paid for you to go way to Maryland? Mm -hmm. That's where they to, bought my dogs to. To come to, why they couldn't just send the dogs back there? We had, I had no place for them. Oh, okay. Then. They had to keep them there until I got a place. But they let me spend time with them and they took care of them too. They, I said, wow. Yeah. So you said they took better care of the dog than did the people. That's correct. But, you know, like I said, Humane Society was good to me with my animals and all because they waited till I got a trailer and uh, brought, brought, flew my dogs back down here. So, and every year they would call and we're doing hurricane season. If you need, <laughs> Ms. Shexnot, if you need us to come get them, give us a call. They fell in love with them, too. Oh, they enjoyed the dogs that much? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they asked me when I called and told them that was my dogs. They asked me, how did I know? I said, put the, put the phone to their ear. They hit my voice. I bet you they'll get happy, deal. And they did that. So that's when they flew me up there because they didn't know whether that was my dogs or not. So what happened? So you say they, you told when when they asked you, how, did they, how do they know? That's your dog. Right. What you told them? Put the phone to their ear and let them hear my voice. They'll get happy too. And what happened? And they said, that's your dogs. And I, when they flew me up there, I said, if you still want to be convinced, I just stood there. When I got to the, uh, to the vet where they were, I stood there and they went and got them and they renamed them because the name tags is gone. They call them uh, Homer and... Uh, <laughs> Off the TV show. Simpson? Simpson, yeah. <laughs> but um, I stood there, and they went and got them, and they, I just stood there. I didn't, I didn't even call their name. They just jumped all over me and said, I saw dogs. I said, they know. And what, what was the name? What, what, what names you gave them? T-Bone and Silky. <laughs> T-Bone and Silky. <laughs> They no, they no longer with you now, though, they go. No. I had them for um, 19 years. 19 years. They both lived for 19 years? Yep. Yep. That's a long, that's a long I time kept, ago. I years. kept them well, trust me. Yep. So when, when the people saw the dog react to you, they, there was no question there? No question. So they flew you up there to come identify the dog? Yes. Flew me up there. To, I stayed up there a whole week. They paid for the uh, hotel and all, for me to spend time with them. 
You, you couldn't get that kind of service for FEMA. No. To, for, to take care of yourself. No. FEMA wasn't doing nothing for me. I couldn't get nothing from FEMA. See? I had to fight with FEMA. It was just no end with FEMA. I guarantee everybody working for FEMA knew me, especially in Baton Rouge, especially Paul Rainwater. Who has that? Huh. Baby. FEMA, he was playing with me. <laughs> so I decided to go a little higher. What do you mean? Washington, D.C. Okay. Nancy. Pelosi? Yes. So you got you got you got Nancy involved? Nancy oh, yeah. Pelosi involved? Oh, yeah. And what happened with that? She made sure I got everything I needed. And some. How how'd you get in touch with her? How did that happen? Um, she came down here on a tour bus with a group of them touring the area down here. Because you got to realize this is the first time this ever happened. This was a major disaster down here. And uh, I was trying to get, she got out the bus and it was walking. And I was trying to get to her, you know. And you know how Secret Service is. They ain't going to let you close the point. You ain't got that much stroke, And And I was trying to go through. And she said, let her through. Like that, and I gave a hug, and I gave a nice earful right quick when I gave it a hug. What did you tell her? That we got to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I'm fighting with FEMA. I can't get no money to rebuild. I can't get nothing done. Fighting with everything. So I didn't have no flood insurance at that time. I didn't live in a flood zone. It's still not a flood zone. So I had to depend upon FEMA. And, and because of Nancy Pelosi, FEMA. I was able to rebuild. And trust me, she made one or two calls to Baton Rouge and one here in the city. And then it opened a door for me to help other people that were fighting with FEMA to rebuild. I was able to help a lot of other people. In this community? Yes, I got a real good insight on it out there at UNO when I go out there. And I was able to take them and they say, they keep turning me down, I ain't getting nothing else anymore. And when I go out there with somebody, Paul Rainwater said, didn't we take care of you? I said, yeah, you need to take care of this lady here. And I was helping the elderly people, you know, yeah. to rebuild. So he knew you. You had no no problem going knock on his door. No, no, I was all over the news, newspapers, and everything else. <laughs> I was all over. So no, they knew so, me. So you have more people than FEMA, FEMA did, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I wasn't playing with them, really. Nope. You know, you, you went through enough already in your life. Exactly. You, you, you just you ain't got time for this anymore. No. Not anymore. It's a fight, but when you start fighting, you gotta finish it. You know. So you gonna finish your fight? You gonna start something? You gonna finish it? That's right. I'm gonna go out. You gonna remember me? Now I heard. Uh, I heard also that you you sued the what do you call it, Corps of Engineers? Mm-hmm. What what that was about? <laughs> the levee, the levee breach, and everything else. During Katrina time. Mm-hmm. 
and also I used to work for the Washington Group with the Corps doing hazmat right out here on the levee. And I seen what the Corps was doing to us down here. What you mean what the Corps was doing? <laughs> they was abating all them buildings out there on the river. They had a bunch of warehouses in the water, abating all that lead and the spets are done in our drinking water because our drinking water comes from the river. And air quality wasn't good. And when it was dread, um, they were digging and you could smell the ethanol down there when they was digging out there on the river over here before they put up this new wall. You could smell the ethanol down in the ground from the tanks. And a guy asked me, he said, how do you know that's ethanol? I said, you ever smell gas when you're pumping gas in your car? You smell that fume? That's ethanol you're smelling. He looked at me, I guess he said, she won't be too smart. We're going to do something with her. So I was working out there with a bunch of guys, you know. wasn't no females. I was the only female out here on this canal lock working. Would you, as a, it was a job? Yeah, it was a job. Hazmat I was doing. Oh, hazmat job. Mm -hmm. okay. And uh, I told David that I said, I don't smell that ethanol. I said, you know we had that training in school up in Livonia. Because I did training up in Livonia. And okay. yeah. And they sent us to Xavier to school and after that from there we go, you know, Livonia do hazmat training and lead, spets everything. So they did very well. They, they didn't know what they, were, what they was training you for, did they? Huh? No, they didn't know who they was fooling <laughs> with, who we was working with. Didn't know who we were. <laughs> you know. You, you, you was just more looking for a job. You looking to help help people, help your community. Exactly. And ever since then, I stopped drinking the water. I don't drink the water today. I buy bottled water. I don't know where it come from, but I know it ain't coming from the river here, because I don't trust these people, honey. You, when you work as a hazmat, mm -hmm. you saw, smelled, and heard. And yeah, I'm out there working with it. So you know what's going on. Now. Yes, exactly. But the people down here in the community, they didn't know. So mm -hmm. did you, come, you came back and told your community, yeah? So no, now you, when you sued the core, why were you suing them? <laughs> Because of the ethanol and our drinking waters and stuff. And then they turned around and they had, after Katrina, they had a big lawsuit against the Corps because of the levee breach, you know. But, but that's, you're just suing the government. You don't win that. Do that's a fight, baby. That's, that's a real fight there to try to beat the government. But you're fighting, you're fighting an uh, entity which use which your own they, money against you. They, they're telling us, you know, you can't sue the government, you know. But that law needs to be changed because that is not right either, you but, know. But that's interesting. You can't sue the government, but the government can sue, sue you. you. Exactly. So you, fi you figure that one out, huh? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something but about that ain't right. It's not right. The laws need to be changed on that. Trust me, it will eventually. <laughs> May not be in my lifetime, but it will be.
How long did that suit go on? That went on about a couple of years. Uh, but you working for you working for the Corps of Engineers? Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Didn't care. Didn't you, care. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. So, so that job didn't last much longer after that. Did no, it? no, because uh, the Washington Group was going to find a reason to get rid of us. Oh, because we owe the whole little group applied at the same time that I went to school with. Uh, so they had to get rid of all of us. <laughs> we didn't care. So, so, so y'all all sued? <laughs> yeah, we all filed suit. <laughs> yeah. So y'all sued y'all sued your government who gave y'all a job, so y'all not appreciative of nothing, huh? No, no, no. We appreciative, but you know, not of wrongdoing. It's like the wall that they put up over there. Every time it rains, get heavy rain, high water out there, the water is seeping under the wall, coming on this side. Now, if we get a hurricane down here, you can best believe it. If they say a three, you better get out of here fast because that water is seeping under there. They didn't, they didn't even, the court didn't even put the wall up right, you know. All they do is go deep into the ground, man. Deep into the ground, but no water should be coming under the wall when it's rain or heavy rain and water. You know, there's a way to do things right. And they got all the resources they could have done that the right exactly. way. Exactly, and they had the money to do it right this time after the voyage broke and the levee. Because first of all, it shouldn't have been a voyage out there in the water with a hurricane coming. Did that make sense? No, it didn't. I don't know why, but <laughs> when they say a hurricane headed this way, all you got to do is ride up on the Claiborne Bridge, look over, watch how many voyages out there. It's almost like a conspiracy. Get rid of them if you got a hurricane headed this way. Where the Coast Guards? Oh, I couldn't be in politics. They'd be done throwing me out. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't live to talk about that. <laughs> no, baby, then, baby, then got rid of me. You know, they really would. Because you got the the people at heart in that interest. That, that's Correct. You. But politics had nothing to do with the people. Exactly. It's, it's about keeping the system in place and intact and thriving. Correct. All you have to do is do right by the people. Everything will be all right. But nobody wants to do right. But Nancy Pelosi done something right. She reached out. Oh yes. Oh yes. And she'll still do something right. Because I stay in touch with her. You stay in touch with her. Mm-hmm. Well, what about your uh, Troy Carter? You know, you just. Oh Troy. Yeah. You all right? You all right? I guess. <laughs> you know, let me tell you something. We leave from here in Louisiana, and we go up there to Washington, we dealing with the big dogs up there, you know? A little small mediocre, you have to really learn the system up there. A lot of things you wanna do, you have to really get with the big dogs to learn it. You have to be around them that older, you have that older set up there, the tough guys, I call them. 
that you you just can't get things done like you think you want to get them done. It don't happen that way. <laughs> you have more or less you got to get in with the right people to get it done. You have to go with somebody who have knowledge that's been there a long time, know how that system works, know how to buck that system. Because that's the only way you're going to get things done. Well, you know, as they always say. I went up there uh, to Washington, and I spoke with Cedric. It was a group of us. I knew we couldn't get some of the things done. Good intentions, but that time. Good intentions, and that's it. But you have to go to some of them others that been there, like Hoy and a bunch of other them. Senators Cliven and you know, you gotta go deep. Yeah, and been there for years yeah, and years. You gotta, you gotta even deeper into your pockets. Exactly. The exactly. money the money is what talks. The lobbyist is the one who Thank you. Thank you. So all that's you know, sounds mm -hmm. good. But mm -hmm. Yeah, listen at everybody who say they can get this done, that done. Good luck. Nope. Gotta have the right connections to get it done. And Jefferson, he did pretty good. Who was it, Williams? Yeah. William did pretty good. But they shut him down. Uh, yeah, I worked with him a while. Yeah. He did pretty good. Till he screwed up. You learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. I'm done. What you thought about Ray Nagin? Oh my God, Ray. Ray quiet now on the home front in yeah. Texas. Yeah, you have to be. Him a Texas guy, yeah. Ray should have stayed as the CEO of Cox Cable. <laughs> he should never, ever. Ray for mayor. Ray for mayor. That was a crazy move, if I've ever seen any. And they have a lot of them make that mistake. Being mayor is not an easy job. You better come clean, and you better be open. Who, who's, your, who's the best mayor in New Orleans? Who was my best mayor? Yeah. Moria, Dutch. <laughs> oh, you say that with, with so much excitement, enthusiasm. Dutch was... I give Dutch was top number one mayor. He was the first, too. That's right. So he had to do it the right That's way. That's right. And he did it. And what he said, he meant it. If he say I'm shutting down, I'm shutting it down. He meant what he said. I Dutch, yeah. Well, why'd you, why? Because he was a man of his word? That's... He wasn't only a man of his word. He just was the type of person, if he say something, he meant it. You're not gonna buck him about it. If he said no Mardi Gras, it's no Mardi Gras. Mm. Uh, I love him. You know, I don't care who wanna strike. Strike all you want. You know. See, now we never find another one like him. Um, his son wasn't too bad either, Mark. I know Mark personally. Been friends a long time, but uh, he was pretty good. His dad stood in, in the class all by himself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What, what's think of, what thought about uh, Reverend Avery Alexander? Great man, 
Great man. Great man, yeah. My sentiments, insane. I feel the same way about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always put others before himself. That's the way to do it. Get your blessings. Get your blessings. You know, and that's something about me. You know, I believe in helping other people. Yeah. If I can, I do it. If I can't, I say I can't do it. No, I won't do it. it depends on the reason. <laughs> Look, depends on the reason. <laughs> uh, Did you run for, ever run for political office? No. Uh, someone asked me about that. They said, you ought to run down here for district. I said, no, 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 no. It's too crazy. Mm-mm. Well, you already the mayor of the, of the night walk. That's all right. Yeah, I'm the little mayor, and uh, I get my little things done. Like, I need something done, I get it done. Just about a phone call. And one thing I gotta give it to you, it's, I, it's really a thing how you approach people with your problems, with your issues, with this city, to get it done. And as long as you two part, the two parties got an understanding, they know where you coming from, and you know where they're coming from. So if I want something done, I ask them nicely. <laughs> and if not, there's a step, 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 step up. Go all the way to the top to get it done. Well, it seems like to me you should be training some, some younger folks coming behind you how to do this. Hard to train them these days. Uh, younger ones don't, don't seem like they're interested in nothing too much. Problem is getting them out to vote. You can't get them out to vote. Crazy! I have never seen nothing like this. I, I, probably because they starting out, they have little no confidence in the system, so they don't care. You know. Exactly. That's part of the problem. So they don't see. You know, it's like you fighting or <laughs> killing yourself. Yeah. They, say, you, they ain't even get started. You fighting a losing battle, like someone told me. <laughs> yeah, it don't make no sense for me to vote. I said, well, I tell you what, this year with the primary coming up, you would want to vote, definitely. This election will be very, very important for everyone. If you never vote in your life, you better get out there and vote because you haven't seen anything. Well, you know, uh, what, what happened in the last <clears throat> presidential election is that hmm. I had friends who fell out with each other, family members fell out with each other. The amazing thing, some of my family members are Republican and I'm Democrat. Do you know, certain conversation we can't bring up around each other without getting into an argument about it. Makes no sense. Everybody have a different view. Everybody have chosen a side more so than a view. Yes. Well, all I have one thing to say, better not wake up and open your eyes. But sure, trust me, get out and vote this year like you never voted before. This year or next year? This year primary. Okay. You better get out and vote like you never did before. 
this country is really going down here. But, but people gonna say they said that last last primary. <laughs> <laughs> not, gas prices off the off the roofs. Yeah, food prices, I, everything, everything so, is I mean, off the so chain. So, who have your interests at heart? Well, first of all, I feel like uh, nobody really, in a sense. You got to fight, like you had to fight for yourself. It, I don't care. It had, exactly. had to do with Democrats or Republicans. Republican, no, you, you have to weigh it out. And I mean, look at this. You have to sift it like you're sifting flour. That's how you got to sift these politicians. You got to sift through it, bro. Yeah, you got to sift the politicians now like you're sifting flour, you know? Because if I had to get some people out of office in Louisiana that's up in Washington, trust me, I would. <laughs> you got senators and stuff up there. That's unbelievable. It's like, do you really care about Louisiana? Do you just care about your area that you live in? I don't get it. What would you like for uh, Valerie Shakespeare's legacy to be? How would you like people to remember you? A person that fight to get things done that need to be done if I go after it. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get results. So y'all need something to get done. Y'all just call Val. That's it. <laughs> got, got a number one That's one. what they call me. <laughs> they call my phone. They see me out there. I need such and such. Yes, okay. Some things I'll touch, some things I won't. Oh, you, you don't like what, what's, what's how for to go, how for not to go. Huh? What's, what's, what's worth it to you, what's not? Right, and what's worth getting done if it can be done do you find the people to be appreciative of what you've done yeah a lot of them lot i've of them. helped okay. yeah so it's not a frustrating I, thing where i've done this no uh-uh uh-uh and they'll never hear me say i did this i did that even though you know all the articles i did like even one thing i did there was an article in the paper when i didn't know it was going to go you know, in a newspaper, but uh, the state wasn't getting enough money uh, for Katrina down here. And I went back to Nancy, and she got more money for the state down here. You, not the governor of Louisiana. That's right, not the governor, not Blanco. You, not, 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 that, mm -hmm. not that woman. No, not that woman. You the woman who made this happen. That's right, and it's in the newspaper in the time. Hold on, I have on, the now, article. Now, ain't nobody going to believe you. I that, know. That you're saying that the governor Blanco didn't make this happen, mm -hmm. bringing money, more money to the state of Louisiana. You tell me that Valerie <laughs> Shakespeare is the one who brought more money to the That's state of Louisiana. That's correct, and I have the <laughs> newspaper article to show you. Now, how did you make that happen? I went back to the House Speaker. Because, you know, what they were doing in Baton Rouge, it was worse than the federal government. They was trying to give people 75000 50000 bill a house. How can you do it? And then they're saying they don't have enough money. Well, you ain't trying to get it down here. This was devastating. 
devastation down here, you know? You needed to get more money in down here then. Do better than this. So what happened? You called Nancy? Yeah, Nancy came to my house. Nancy came to the to the night wall. To the night wall in my house. You want me to, to prove it to, to you? To see Mayor <laughs> to see Mayor Valerie Shakespeare. Mayor. That's right. I got the proof. <laughs> How you got the proof? You got the I can show you. Oh, I, I can show you right in this house here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, so she came to your house uh-huh. to get to get to her marching orders. Uh-huh. She didn't go to the, the governor's. Uh, you asked me, your city leaders here, about me. They'll tell you. They don't be six now. Oh, yes. Yeah. They, they, do they call you Miss Fresanville? No. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call me Miss Fresanville. <laughs> I'd be trying to explain them where I'm from. They'll probably say where she came from then, you know. No, I, I, I don't know. Something happened to me. I didn't used to be this way. <laughs> something happened to me after Katrina. Katrina brought out something in me that I, probably was in me. Yeah, after Bessie, probably after Bessie. Yeah, maybe after Bessie, too. Yeah, well, after Bessie, too. After people put you off your lane. Yeah. Enough is enough. Yeah, I'd say after Bessie, maybe. Something else came out of me, you know. Really, I didn't know I was such a fighter. When I get determined, my husband say, you're like a pit bull. That's what he calls me. (laughs) Call you a pit bull. Yeah, he said. He told my daughter and him, he said, let the pit bull handle it. <laughs> you want to get it done, right? That's it. That's the only way you're going to get it done. But, uh, no, it brought something else out of me. Yeah, really made me fight hard. Because you was fighting for yourself, too. Mm-hmm, fighting for But myself. you saw your dad do the same thing. Yes, definitely. My father was that way. Definitely was a fighter. <laughs> Fight till the end. But you like that about yourself? It's okay sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Some people don't like it. <laughs> Joy. Now, okay, now what your, what is, your legacy is that you want people to remember you as the one who brought the money to the state of Louisiana, not Governor Blanco? That's what you said? That was your legacy? Blanco ain't did nothing. <laughs> Blanco, Blanco really upset at my nerves. She wanted to give me 75000 to rebuild a house. I couldn't even buy a step holy, not even a good foundation. Can you build that? Everything had to went up, lumber, everything. I mean, I mean, I, I, you got it twisted there. I had so many of them to come down here, a lot of senators and stuff. You, you didn't know you had that in you? No, not until my back was against the wall down here, sitting here, and they want to take your land down here. They didn't want me to rebuild. I ran into that situation. Again? Again. You know, I mean, I can't believe this. Well, I had two little stoops out there, and you are not going to get my land. What do you mean, two stoops? Two steps, one on each side. And I was sitting out there, and I told them, I'm not moving. I'm going to rebuild, and I'm going to sit here. I got to come down here every day until I get a trailer down here. You had a a shotgun? They want, uh, 
that was going to come next because they wasn't going to get my land. Yeah, but they didn't want us to rebuild nothing here. So when I came back here, moved back, I got my trailer. It was over there by, um, on Dauphin, next to Holy Angels. And uh, when I came down here and cleaned off the land, I had them to move the trailer. It took a minute for them to do that, but I got the trailer down here on the land. And I said I was gonna rebuild. So there was only three of us down here. And that was Rob on the next street and Miss LeBron. Bless our little dead heart. But Yeah, I was only three people, three families. Three families in this whole in this trailer down here, yes. And it was very eerie. <laughs> you seen some of everything crossing the street. Like animals and that. Oh God, things you ain't never even seen before. But uh, like you living in the wilderness there. Yeah, and I mean it was quiet. All you can hear is bird chirping and. Uh, now you, now you thinking to yourself, hey, my Lord, I don't go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> is this a mistake? Uh, <laughs> making this move. Maybe, yeah. maybe these people are right. I need. Cut my losses, get out of here. But I said, no, I'm determined. And a lot of people was fussing. We have meetings on Saturday. And a lot of people from the neighborhood would come down for the meetings. And they was talking about how they want to take their land and they ain't want to move. So what's left to do but fight? Nobody getting your land. Now, they who, can't take your land. Who wanted the land? <laughs> well, the city didn't want us to rebuild down here and uh, Donald Trump was trying to buy this area. The whole area? For a casino <laughs> down here. He definitely wanted his casino down here. Can you imagine he putting up a resort in the casino down but, here? But it's not good enough for you to live here, but you can but put a casino, casino here. here. Yeah, right. So in other words, business district. Yeah, <laughs> business. It make a great business district, but mm -hmm. not, not a good place to live. And they still want this down here. That's why we're looking the way we're looking. That's why you have a lot of vacant lots and land that wore people out. They got disgusted. They're selling their land and everything else. So, And people are buying up land down here a lot. And this area here will be worth a lot of money in years to come. So we want to encourage all our young listeners to start buying land. Buying land. In the night ward. In of, the night ward. Buy as much as you can. So you know, come out, you know, because it's going to be worth a lot of money. That's it's a, correct. There's a reason why they don't want to invest in this neighborhood. Exactly. <clears throat> Can't get a grocery store down here, a major grocery store, you know. Might can get a little corner stores. Nothing. No more. So this is this another for Sandville. <laughs> Exactly. The night ward. Exactly. How far was Fazanville from the night ward? About what? Ten or fifteen minutes. Ten or fifteen minutes from so, the city limit. So you growing up watching what your ancestors went through, your mother and father, your community mm -hmm. <clears throat> went through when the community where the, the government literally took the people land, moved them, and now they wanted you to do the same thing. You said, no, no, I, I, don't watch I am not. 
I done been through this before. No, you're not going to get my land. I'm not selling it, and you're not getting it. I'm going to rebuild, or I'm going to keep my land. One or the other. I'm not going to force my hands like that. Are you? And if I decide to sell, you won't give me what I asked for. <laughs> like your dad said. Yeah. And trust me, I'm not giving it away. It's no way. No way. But maybe we can figure out a way for you to work and train the young people. It just really take guts, determination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it, no, no, no specific expertise or anything. Exactly. Just the willingness to make a difference and help yourself and your community. Exactly. So maybe we need to figure out what kind we can do a Valerie a Shake Snyder School of, of uh, what do you call that? Politics. How to get things done. <laughs> How to get it done. Do what you need to do to get it done. Because in this day age, you're going to get all the knowledge you can. Sometime you take an old an older person. Take your elder. Huh, your elder. Make you wiser. Take a little hint from that. Trust me to do it as long as I got my health and strength. <laughs> I'm still fighting. Can't keep me down. So you look for a good fight. That's what you're telling me? Yeah, you can't keep me down. I go after them. That's the way. That's the way. And I've, I am fearless with it. I am. Sometimes I have to catch myself and I'll do things and I say, I didn't really think about this one, what I just did. <laughs> I said, girl, you are fearless. <laughs> I have to laugh to myself. Yeah, I am. Well, you know, them the people who get things done who are fearless. Mm -hmm. you, know, so you just got to step in that water. Just Hopefully you swim and you don't drown. Hmm. You got to just do what Miss Shakespeare did. And, uh, come out you know, too. I'll step out there. I ain't, I don't intend to drown, but I'm going to swim. But you, but you play, when you, when you step out there, your whole mindset is I'm coming back with results. Exactly. And I have personal reasons why I step out there and, and, when I step out there, certain things I can do and certain things I won't do for many reasons, but I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. That's a dangerous, that's a dangerous person, particularly, uh, you know, someone look like you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not afraid to step out there. And I don't, you know, like some people fear things happening to them, but I, I, that never even crossed my mind. My mama used to say, girl, you live dangerously. <laughs> so that, 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 as a child. Yeah, she oh, said, okay. you get on the highway, you're driving all the way to Dallas, you and your child. I have Tina on the car, in the car seat, and I get on the highway, me and her, I stop, rest place, and change her, give her a bottle, and keep on going. You know, just didn't think about anything happening to me or nothing, you know? Your daughter have the same tenacity or? My youngest one. My youngest daughter. Something like a mama? 
Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about her last night. And some things she'll say, some things she'll do. But I was telling Tina, I said, I don't even know your sister no more. I don't even know my daughter no more. I said, God, you know, how did this happen? When did this happen? I said, well, maybe it's the military that changed her. Because she was in the military. That's good or bad? It's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be. It's good and um, bad. She changed my whole life, too. She made, a, she made a big change in my life when she went in the military. I signed for her to go in there. She was at USL, USL, had a scholarship at Xavier, wanted to go to USL, begged me to go up there to live on campus. I signed for her. Then she comes home a couple of weekends after uh, second semester. Would you sign for me to go in the military? I'll finish school. Huh? And so she came home. One weekend, I was living in Metairie, hoying the sergeant. He comes in my house with the BS. Ma, uh, your daughter uh, could do this and do that, and she can go to school. I said, she know what I meant. You're going to finish college. You're talking about military, or you're going to finish school? Because if you ain't going to finish school in the military, no sense in calling me anymore. He said, no, mama, I'm going to make sure she, uh, uh, she going to finish school and uh, she going to just sign the papers for her to go in and she going in, getting a top job. She did. Top, top rank job in the military. And you know what that is. You know, that? you know what that is. Uh, she went in. <laughs> well, I can't even discuss where she went in. <laughs> mm. well, she got she got one of the highest jobs. So she, she, top she job. got what she said. Yeah, yeah. She got what she said. She, she, she spoke it into all life too. Mm-hmm. When she took the test, she scored high enough to get it. So she spoke it into her life. She told you what she was going to do, so she made it happen. Oh yeah, she did. Trust me, changed her minds too. Yeah, when she came, when she came back <laughs> from uh, USL, I had people walking around the neighborhood, and the white folks asking me, "Oh, Miss Shackstein, is something wrong?" I was living in Metairie, but it, I was known in Black, in the block. And she said, I said, no, why? She said, uh, FBI been asking questions. Oh, they really? Yeah. So she got, oh, I, I know what kind of job did. Okay, uh, then. okay mm -hmm. then. all right. And they, I mean, they, she, she changed my whole lifestyle till today. My youngest one. She 
changed my whole lifestyle. She, she went, she went, she went and made it happen. Oh yeah, she made it happen. Would you get that from my mom? <laughs> like I said, I don't know who she is now. I don't understand her sometimes, you know. So she's still working for the government? Um, she was working for um, VA. She left there. Because she, well, they wanted her and they wanted to keep her because she got her degrees in uh, human resource. And uh, she said, can't give me the money and work. You know, she mm -hmm. said, uh-uh. I got student loans behind this master, you know. So uh, she, she told me, she said, about a month ago, she said, Mama, she said, I think I'm gonna have to go back to Maryland or D.C. She had a government job up in D.C. She said, I think I'll go back. If I don't find a job here, I ain't going to be able to stay here. I'm making the money I need to make. So now she works for energy. So as long as she says she can do it, if they're going to pay over six figures, she can do it. You know, she says, the only way I can afford to stay here. That's a bad girl, baby. Yeah, she bad. She is seriously bad. Hmm. Now, before we shut this interview down, mm -hmm. is there anything about the place called Frisanvia that you want to bring up or discuss or mention? I miss jumping rope in the middle of the street. <laughs> in Fazanville, we jump rope and sit down there and play jacks on the porch. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. You know, it's it's a place sometime where Fazanville always take your mind back there. When you look around today out here and you look back there, you can see how nice and peaceful and we used to have a nerve enough to complain sometimes. You know, us youngsters back then, well, we were complaining. Wow, we have to go to the city to go to movies, you know, but, you know, it really was a good, very good upbringing, I think, for all of us. And people just was so different in that community. You know, it's just like one big happy family. Nobody never hungry. You can always go eat here or there, you know. Um, and if you do something wrong, I'm going to tell your mama, I'm going to tell your daddy. And they'll tell you, go cut a... Go get that limb, baby, off of there. <laughs> and taking you getting your own limb to get your little legs switched with, you know. But a lot of kids today don't have that like we had, the upbringing, you know. Everybody was well-respected. It's always good morning, good evening. You're going to speak to people, and you're going to be nice. And, but I miss it. I really do. Regina and I always be talking. Sometime when I go over there by her, she said, girl, I wish you was back in the village. I said, yes, you don't have to lock your door. Yeah. But what is it? Uh, that is, I just miss the people. 60, 60 years and over, 1964? Yes. You made y'all move out? 
And uh, what what is the place now? Just laying out there? It's like? just laying grass, and it really upsets me. So they didn't do nothing with the land? No, no, nothing so, so with it. They outright just lied. This was been. That's what they did. They stole the land. They actually stole it, like my daddy said. They sold it, you know. They just, I mean, the grass is not blown or cut. It's just little weeds, high weeds. I mean, it, it's, it's just not right, you know, what they're doing. I could see if they did something with it. Put a few markers and they put a marker up there for Fasanville to pacify us. It's not even a marker. There's not, there's not even a marker there. So it's like that no. town never existed. Well, maybe you need to get a marker put out there for you. There is a marker out there. But my thing is, that's not pacifying us when you didn't do nothing with the land. You just took our land and just left the weeds just growing there. You know, like they say, you got to throw out a little something at them, because we done took the land, so we'll give them a little bit of this out here, a little recognition right here, and then, then what? Nothing. No, I wish they could get it back. They got some people fighting, trying to get the land back, but. They oh, are? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Hmm. Well, what I was at. Matter of fact, I'm going to give him a call today because he had told me to call him. I went to his brother's funeral, Andrew Williams. I don't think you, I don't know if you met him. Okay, he's from there. He went to school with us and buried his brother about a few weeks ago. And they got a group working on trying to get the land back because it was wrongfully taken from us. So... Plus, y'all was lied to. Exactly. Exactly. That's what he was saying. He's a minister out in Laplace now. So he told me the group, but I'm, I'm going to give him a call today and find out what's going on with that. So you're going to jump on that battle, on that fight, too? I'll jump on that fight. If it sounds right, I'm going to listen to him. And then you call your girl Nancy? And no. Uh, <laughs> Somebody. I'ma call somebody. Somebody gonna receive a call. Huh? Yeah, it might be Joe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody. Somebody gonna hear from me. He called Joe uh, himself. Huh? Yeah. Might have to make another visit back to Washington. So what what would happen if if many more people would stand up and fight like you? What would happen? You'll get more things done. You get some of the things done. You you may not get them all done. Depends on uh, who fighting against you and who with you. All right, then. Well, we'd like to once again thank you for participating and taking time out of your busy schedule. Allow us to come into your home, into the night ward here, and do this interview. And uh, what we call our segment, we're going to say, Did You Know with our living legend here? Ms. Valerie Shakespeare, we'd like to say thank you and welcome, and thank you for being a part of Count Time. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And we enjoyed it more. So you have a great day, and we should continue your fight. And 
If I need to give Nancy a call, I'm gonna call you first. That's right. That's right. <laughs> call me before we go to Washington. <laughs> Thank you, and once again, welcome to Count Time. Thank you. You're welcome. Man can shackle the hand. The man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time.